Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. A very special episode because we are recording live in Ogden, Utah at I Fly at the Solomon Center. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. With, with numerous co-hosts. Uh, first up, Dimity McDowell. Hello, hello. <laughs> there we got Adrian Martini. Hello. And Maggie Palmer. Hello. Yeah. So, ladies, we are away from home, so... Enjoy sleeping in a uh, hotel bed? Yeah. I did enjoy sleeping in a hotel bed, but uh, the fellow East Coasters among us will know that at 4 a.m., suddenly your eyes are open, (laughs) and you're laying there staring at the ceiling going, I could sleep. I could be asleep right now. I have the whole bed to myself. I could be sound asleep. Nope. (laughs) So this morning, I kind of rolled over and noticed that also Amanda was awake. (laughs) Um... So, yeah. Did you chat? Did you have like a little pillow talk? We, well, we did. We did. You? And okay, then, good. then she was the little spoon and I was the You're big spoon. You're like, are you awake? Wait, are you guys sharing a bed? We, no. we sprung for oh. two beds and we, yeah. <laughs> We're just really good friends. No. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. We had two beds. No, I offered to roll over and turn on the light because she was getting her stuff together. Um, uh-huh. But no. To go what? For a run? To go no. for a hike. Hike. Yeah, you yeah. hiked. Went in Utah. You hiked you like a, Who hiked like in a Utah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We went for actually a really great hike in the morning with three lovely ladies from Kansas City. Uh, one of whom is carrying probably a fourth lovely lady when it when the time comes. So, yeah, yeah. We had a great hike. Yeah. Well, Sarah's putting me on the couch. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I Mag- know. I did. Maggie's my that. roommate. It is a pullout couch. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a pullout couch. It's yeah. Good. That bar, man. I. <laughs> I will give massive money to anyone who could trademark a pullout couch that doesn't have the bar that goes straight across your spine yes. and just is like, oh, got I don't know, makes you kind of do like a chest thrust in the middle yeah. of the night, doesn't it? Well, some of us have more padded spines than others. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and we are in Ogden for the retreat yes. and a race. Uh, Dim and I are not running, but you two are. Yes. yes, team another mother runner 2.0. Yes. And why yes. the two why the 2.0? I don't know. I don't either. We're actually. not on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Cuz you guys aren't on it. Right. Oh. Uh, you're the 1.0. We just now figured out who's running which legs. So, uh, because yeah, you're doing yeah. a relay. So That's I, the thing I you're doing. It's a marathon relay. It's a marathon relay. So the, I think the first like 7 and then it's like 7 6 5 5 3. Like just okay. now like I looked at Lynn and I was like 2. Yeah. And she's like, "What?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Lynn your leg seems, 2. Lynn Seems all right with that. So well, I think we figured it out. Who's taking the, the big kahuna with leg one? With well, seven that, miles. of course, would be Amanda. Yeah, because she Amanda. wants to get started, okay. get started early, avoid the heat. Yes. Coach yep. Amanda wanted to avoid the heat. And, and then she'll be awake. Yeah. yeah As we've established. Yeah. 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 Who, who crosses the finish line? That would be Stephanie. Stephanie. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Although Bring the nice, the glory. The nice thing about this relay is when you finish your leg, you're allowed to keep running. Right. So, oh, okay. Um, Maggie could also run with Stephanie if she chose to, because she's mm-hmm. like four. Oh, and well, anyone said, could. Yeah. Anyone could, but... Right, you'd have to catch up. I'm going to sprint, though, across the finish line, and just people are going to be like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where'd this chick come from? Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, I was at Flying Pig a couple weeks ago, and I was out watching the marathon, and the sun came out, the Volda sun, yep. Adrian. Yep. And um, I would say it would be very hard... If you were running a marathon and having a tough time at mile 23, and all of a sudden this little relay Maggie that's came I'm sprinting do it. by yes. you, it's be hard not to curse your name. No, yes. that's why I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also, knowing Maggie, she's also going to be 
patting people on the tush. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And yeah. say, pick it up, pick it up. I Come am. on. I'm going to be like encouraging them. Yeah. Yes. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. encourage them, but, and it's fine, obviously, I, it takes all types, but I, I just think, <laughs> I just think like, I was just like, you know. If they come sprinting by you, you're gonna be like, they've got to be a relay runner. They've yes. got to be a relay runner. Well, because it, it's so much, it's it's au courant to have a marathon relay. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. So when I ran Big Sur in, I don't, maybe that was 2010, it was kind of novelty to have a relay. And the same thing, you know, them passing me and you know, looking all fresh and springy. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, but now it just seems. I mean, I was just in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and they have one there. And yeah. well, and I just left my um, Tough Girl tutus back from Colorado Ragnar way back in the day uh-huh. um, on my front porch for people who are doing the Colfax Marathon this weekend in Denver. So loner, loner tutus, loner tutus. I need them back. I need them yeah. back. I need or to wear one next or week. Or does it go by your house and you just encourage people to take a tutu <laughs> as they pass? <laughs> it's like a costume box. It is. Yeah. It is. Dress right. up box from dress, dress up box. That's what. Yeah. 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 Dress yeah. up box. Yeah. 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 No, I did the Pittsburgh Marathon, and they have a relay, too. And it's hard not to really want to just kind of trip the relay runners as they come. That said, we love the relay runners. I mean, I love you guys in person. It's just when you are having a tough time and they come springing by you that you get a little resentful. Yes. Can we get an amen for that? I'll encourage you and hit your tush. Okay, all right. That's something. That's something. Keep at it, chick. You're almost there. Yes. Mm -hmm. For the marathoners, maybe then look at those relay runners and go, I'm sucking your energy. (laughs) I'm sucking your energy. Yeah, like Sage Roundtree. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That resonated. Somebody recognized that line. Yeah. Yeah. I only steal from the best. <laughs> well, and uh, Adrian, you're coming off a fresh half marathon PR that you didn't even know you ran. I, didn't. I know. So I ran the Pittsburgh Marathon, which I've run. The half. The half. Sorry. Yes. I know she yes. has, tra- she no, has no, said no, I no. ran the Pittsburgh Marathon now no, twice. No, no. Okay. Hold yeah, on. no, no, no. Uh, I ran the Pittsburgh Marathon half. Um, the, the whole, whole half. half. You'll notice I did not say I just ran. Because yeah, Dimity will No, you say I just ran that half marathon. I just ran that I'm half marathon. I'm only running the half marathon. No, 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 no. I ran the full half marathon. Perfect. Um, ran every step, except for the ones I walked. Um, <laughs> it's a very hilly, hilly city. I just want to say that. I grew up there. I know how hilly it is. It's not a shocker. Um, but... Uh, this was the fifth year I've run it. I think I'm actually done with running the same marathon now five mm-hmm. times. I think I've actually, I can same let half it go. Marathon. I can let <laughs> she's going to oh, keep doing running. it. I think it's, I'm around all of the marathoners. So okay. I'm just absorbing just you're it. Soaping up, you're soaking yes. up their energy. Uh, and I was talking to, uh, I think it was to Amanda earlier who's trying to convince me. That you can do a marathon? That, uh, another Again. one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another one. I know you did New York City. Yeah. Okay, but, but, but the anyway, question so was no, no, your no, no, PR in the half so marathon. The PR in the half marathon. Get to the point. Get to the point. I know. Time's wasted. Time's wasted. Um, I have run it five times now, and my time is fine. I, I've been completely happy with the time that I had. Uh, so I really wasn't thinking about the time as I was running. I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy this, and this is fun, and I'm going to take pictures on all the bridges, and it's going to be great. And then crossed the finish line, met up with my family. We were driving in the car on the way back, and I actually looked at my watch um, and I was like, wow, that can't, that can't be the right time. <laughs> I must have not hit my Garmin at the right time, and this can't be right. And then when I got the email with the official time, I was like, holy cow. Holy yins, right? Holy yins. <laughs> yins won't believe this time I had them on, on my half marathon. Uh, and looked up, I had to look up all the past four times. Of course. Oh, um, uh-huh. And I beat my PR by... Six minutes. Wow, that's a lot. That's almost thirty so, seconds. Yeah. Uh, that's almost thirty seconds that's a mile. That's what? Yeah. So my uh, 
Coach Christine. Yeah. I sent it to her, and she's like, that's 30 seconds a mile. Uh-huh. You are awesome. And I was like, I was just kind of farting around. <laughs> I wasn't really, I wasn't in a hurry. So apparently that's, so everybody now, that is how you PR. Just yeah. fart so you just kind of fart around. Fart around. Fart so around. And are you saying your PR for the Pittsburgh half or for any the, half? No, for the Pittsburgh half. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah because it is a, it's a challenging hilly mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my actual PR half is at Wine Glass, mm-hmm. which is pretty much a straight downhill. Which is the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Dim, you have um, something coming up pretty soon. Yeah. The yeah. Grand Canyon, the big GC. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm excited. It's about uh, two weeks. Yep. I know it was going to be next week, right? It, we were, I was actually going to leave from the retreat to yeah, go no, there yeah. on Sunday Woo-hoo. afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Packing for this retreat, I realized that that would have been a poor decision. <laughs> Just a lot of stuff to think about. Um, but yeah, so we are in taper mode, Joe, Jessica, and I, and um, we have finally figured out our logistics. I think that's half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a lot of driving. Uh, we land on Thursday morning, and we're going to drive run two cars because we're, we're going to hike the north the south rim to the north rim so we're driving two cars to the north rim leaving one there driving back to the south and then hiking the next morning so i think we have about eight hours of driving i mean mm-hmm. it's a lot um but we is- can't figure it out any other way um mm-hmm. because the the uh it, this is really boring but at some point i'll write a post about it so if you're interested but that the um the lodge the north rim is super Unpopulated. It's very, very like desolate. It's only open. It starts like it opens. I think it opened last weekend, right? And there's like two lodges you can stay at. One is right on the rim, and of course that's sold out. And then there's one is 15 miles from the rim, mm-hmm. and of course that's the one that we got. And there's no shuttle anymore because the north, the one 15 miles away, the people were so unreliable. They'll be like, "Oh, I'll be there at 7 p.m.," and then they would show up at like 10:30 p.m. Oh, you know, boy, and they didn't yeah. have enough staff to be able to mm-hmm. do that, so they don't offer that service anymore. Um, so we, we can get to the North Rim and then walk another 15 miles to our hotel. <laughs> like, no, that's not going to happen. So, um, so yeah, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, it sure will be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and Maggie, what's on your horizon? Well, I don't have any races coming up. Okay. But I have an iFly story. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Yes. Would you yeah. like to hear it? Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I did a surprise birthday party for my husband for his 40th at iFly, and his 70-ish year old uh, mom did it with us, wow. and she had a blast, and then the next morning, though, she was like, I feel really dizzy, and you know, I'm having vertigo, and she's walking down the steps at our house, and she just kind of started falling down the steps. Oh, no. So I sat her down the steps, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are, you know, it's a stroke, and you're thinking about, like, these are the signs to look for with a stroke. And so I called the EMTs, and when you call the EMTs, they come up with, like, two ambulances, like the fire truck. <laughs> has anyone, you know, it's a bit much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so the whole neighborhood is there, and everyone's watching, and the door is <laughs> wide open, and it's very early, and my, um, so the EMTs are, like, bent over, you know, in a squat position, checking her out, and she's on the steps. And my three-year-old, his favorite movie is Lord of the Rings. Okay, because he's my third kid. Yeah. <laughs> Proud mom. Uh, yeah, like my first kid watched like Bedtime with Elmo till he was eight. And my three-year-old, I walked in one day, he's watching Lord of the Rings. I'm like, huh, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> like, he's occupied. So anyways, he has this huge sword that's like bigger than him. And he sees all these men with his nana. And she's all, oh, oh, I feel awful, you know. And the men are all like, 
on top of her and have flashlights in her eyes. And Finn is just like, oh, and he gets his sword. <laughs> and before we knew what was happening, he comes running down the hall with the sword and just gets that guy right up the butt. Oh. <laughs> with a very large sword. Plas- plastic or metal? It was plastic. Okay, good. good. Um, he was a very attractive EMT. <laughs> they all were. I mean, I was in my pajamas. It's a rule. I'm it's married. A rule. It's a rule. You know, yeah. but they yeah. were attractive. Yeah. Anyway, um, I have never heard a man make that sound <laughs> before or since. So that's my iFly story. Wait, 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 wait. How is your grandmother? She's fine. Okay. So listen, she, she failed to tell us that she, had, she was on blood pressure medication. Oh, and they probably are not good. They probably don't mix very well with iFly. No, not with iFly. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the blood kind of moves around. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Well, I'm yeah. glad that everyone survived that. They probably, won't, they probably like blasted the list, blacklisted your address. Like, I don't know. Yeah, do not EMT go back to like 123 Main Street. It was, it was walking kind of like, you know, and he's trying to be nice about it. Like, it's okay. And Finn is just like whacking him with the sword. And he's like, leave my Nana alone. Like, I, want I want the ring. I want the ring. He's helping Nana. Well, Dim, you mentioned t- you're in taper mode. Yes, I and am which in Which leads mode. us to our topic today. Uh, because we are here for the race, we thought the topic we would talk about is taper time. And so we are going to be bring up Dr. Justin Ross and Coach Amanda Loudon and three um, quote-unquote real mother runners to talk about um, kind of what they're feeling right before their race. And we will be back to talk about that topic after this short break. Stay with us. All right. Well, Adrian and Maggie have um, left the building. No, left the stage. They're, they're skydiving, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> they are. Maggie popped a uh, heart, you know, blood pressure medicine. All right. And so now joining us are Dr. Justin Ross. Hello. Hello. Um, and Coach Amanda Loudon. Hello. Who's wearing her expert guest hat instead of her co-host hat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, yeah. So, I mean, so I figured... Justin, you're going to talk about sort of the mental side of tapering because you are a sports psychologist in uh, Denver. Yes. Sounds great. Yeah. And and Coach Amanda, you're going to talk more about the physical a little bit more. Yes. So, so, yeah. I mean, so from talking to people, Amanda, whether it's people that you coach or Justin, you know, clients that you have, I mean, what do you think is the number one thing about tapering that people have trouble accepting or problems during the time? I mean... Because, I mean, that's what we hear time and time again. And, Dim, you must hear it a ton from Train Like a Mother Club people about how they get the taper crazies. I just like not having to exercise as much. I, I have to say, I really, personally, I don't have a problem with the taper, yeah, but I understand I. that people yeah. do. I can see why. Um, I mean, the way that I always think about the taper is that it shifts, the work shifts from the physical to the mental. And the mental is the work that most of us don't want to do, right? I mean, what is that? So, first, so, so man, what do you see? with the biggest physical problems and then Justin can probably, you know, pretty much give a TED talk right, <laughs> on the mental sure. side of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of tapering is mental. So, um, but, uh, you know, people definitely, I think just get antsy and, um, can't stand backing off. They've been training for so long and now all of a sudden you're forced to kind of rest and it's really hard and you have this pent up energy that's starting to build and you don't know what to do with it and you might want to go out and overdo what's on your schedule um, and that's really not recommended. So, um, but yeah, I think I think most people do have a tough time with it, you know, and, and um, I, I agree with you guys. I always have welcomed the taper. I think it's a really nice time and I try to 
occupy myself by finding things that maybe I've neglected over the last 15 weeks, you know, things around the house. We all make our sacrifices when we're marathon training, right, or half marathon training, whatever it might be. So um, that's, I have always... But do you yeah. think people then overcompensate and then they go, then they get really aggressive in how they're yeah. spring cleaning and things <laughs> right. like that, cleaning out their closet, like and reaching too much? Or, right, right. Yeah. yeah, there's that tendency too, or you know, maybe you haven't walked the dog very much and now you're going to go out and walk the dog more miles. Five a 14 or walking right, the dog. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so yeah, you, you know, you, like I said, you're dealing with this pent up energy that you don't know what to do with. So um, my recommendation is um, let it build up a little bit. That's a good thing. You're going to be thankful for it um, halfway through your race. On race day yeah yeah I, I think the the mental side is such a huge part of the taper you know we spend 15 16 weeks engaged in a really meaningful task right we put a lot of uh, a lot of goals a lot of meaning into the race we're about to to take on and then when we get close to slowing down the amount of physical training that's when the doubt creeps in the doubt and the anxiety and the uncertainty about what we're going to do um, and about the training that we've just put in. And that's what blows us up. It's the doubt and the anxiety without being able to manage it effectively that can lead to all these other types of behaviors, like doing too much, um, thinking you didn't do enough in training and trying to overexert yourself with a workout, or maybe trying to even just do too much around the house because you've got all this energy that you're used to putting into working out that is now just kind of building up for the race. Well, because back in the day, you know, when you're in the thick of your training, every time you run, you're affirming that you can do it, right? And so then we take it off and we say, okay, go easy for 30 minutes. Go easy for this. Throw in a couple strides to, you know, keep your legs fresh. And that's not enough, I think, for most of us to feel like, oh, I can, I can run 26 miles or I can qualify for Boston or I can, you know, meet my goal. And um, I just think that that, you know, instead of thinking that – Sorry, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. But I mean, I just every every time I run, I get so much confidence and so much strength. So to take that nugget away on the eve of a really important race that you've been focusing on is really hard, right? Yeah. The, well, easy runs when they're in the middle of a training cycle are packaged around harder runs. Yeah. And so the general takeaway is, okay, this is an easy run today, but I worked really hard yesterday, or I have a hard workout this weekend. So it feels it just feels a little bit better. When you're in the taper and everything comes down, your intensity comes down, your volume comes down, the mind springs up and you start to go through all these scenarios of not being able to achieve your goals. And, and I'll, I'll also add in that um, sometimes I think what happens is you might have come off a training cycle that maybe didn't go as well as you wanted it to go. And so then you're sitting there with this two or three week taper and, 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 you know, the, the mental doubt is creeping in and you're like, well, maybe if I just, you know, I missed that 14 miler, or maybe if I just throw it in now or whatever else, you don't want to do that to yourself. No, no matter what you've missed, you're not going to make it up or, or improve your race in any way by adding more on during the taper. Well, I think the other thing that we have to keep in mind, and I do see this in a lot in the train like a mother club is phantom pains, which yeah. meaning that they're, they, they're real, they hurt, you know, your knee really hurts, your shin really hurts, your back really hurts, but it's just, um, you're noticing it more because you don't have that outlet to kind of sweat it away, right? And that comes up a lot and having bad runs. I mean, um, just thinking back to my rowing career, this, I will never forget this. Um, we were at a very big race and it was a day before, um, like the championship race and we went out for a row and it was a four there was a boat of four of us and we just rode like crap i mean we were like on the titanic i mean we were like shifting from side to side and i was the coxswain which meant that um because there were just four of us in the boat we were all rowing so that meant that i 
gave the instructions, and Sarah might agree that I'm a little bit of a control freak at times. So I'm like, come on, you guys, get it together. Like, what are we doing? We've got this race tomorrow. We want to win. And, you know, just kind of being pretty bitchy. And, um, and we got off the water, and my coach was like, Dimity, a bad row is very normal the day before a big race. Like, that is normal. So having runs that don't feel good, having a body that doesn't feel as strong as you know it to be is very normal. And I think that's hard to accept when you've been working so hard. Right, because you are, you're physically switching things up, and so you're physically going to feel different during the taper, but that's okay. All right, well, let's bring on our first real mother, Julie Patno. I'd like to bring you up here. And I've decided I'm going to, um, I'll stand off here, and uh, the, Alex tells me to not hold this microphone too close. So, and please have a seat. All right, thank you. Um, so introduce yourself. So I'm Julie Patno. I'm in the TLAM clubs. So hello. <laughs> hello. And what, um, r- what race are you running uh, on Saturday? running the full. And how did your training go, Julie, before we jump into um, life with the experts? My training went fantastic. It was really? a fantastic training cycle. And so tell us, like, what was so good about it? Just runs were good. I felt good. I don't have any injuries. Everything is clicking. And, do you, like, if you had about... Um, out of 100 workouts, did you do 100 of them? Did you do 95? Did you do 85? I did... 99. I missed one SSSC. That's it? That's wow. It. wow. That's amazing. Yeah, SSSC are super short strength circuits that Coach um, MK Fleming put together there in both the traditional plans and the heart rate plans. And um, do you want to just sit down and do it? They're only four minutes long. You want to just knock it out right now? <laughs> it's just, the, no, taper. It's the taper. It's the taper. Oh, I can't do it. I'm in the taper. What are you talking about? <laughs> so in- Julie, I, I, one of the reasons I want you up here is you're an experienced racer. You've done ultras. You know, Tell us a little bit about yourself as that. Yes, yeah, so I have done an ultra, and I have to say I suck at taper. So I've had two really bad tapers. Um, when I did my 50K, I got the flu about three days before the race, and I all I can think of was six months down the drain because I didn't think I'd get to my race. Thank goodness. Um, sweet Ellie Kempton, like – got me through that and nursed me back and I got to the um, start and finish line and then I had a race prior like a year ago and I don't know Dimini if you remember this but I two weeks before the race so I was in taper and I freaked out and I was like I'm not doing it I'm not doing this race uh, I'm I not do remember that. and I emailed Dimini and I was like I don't know what my problem is but I'm just not doing it so <laughs> that's all there is to it that's okay right you know because then I knew like Dimini is gonna be like sure that's fine luckily I had to perform like a mother session with Justin and got called out on that. And Justin put words in a nice to, way. Yes. In a nice way. Uh-huh. What, do you remember what you said, Justin? I don't. No. Do you, what did I say? So you had talked about, and I forget what the term of it is, but the closer you get to the event, um, you just talked about this the other night too on the session. That then you know the less that you're wanting it, or you know, like when it's farther far away. And Justin, you can probably say this much more eloquently than yeah. Than so I can. the it's a psychological principle called the approach avoidance conflict, yeah. and the basic idea is. When we're far away from something, uh, we look at the positives about it. So a race, you know, four months down the road, we get excited about it. We sign up and we're, we're amped up for it. It can go for anything. It can go for vacation, right? If you're getting ready to go on a big trip in four months, you look at it in a really positive way. The closer you get to a meaningful event, usually within two to three weeks, we start to forget all the positives and we start to shift our focus to all the negatives, all the packing and all the stuff that may go wrong with travel. Um, everything that could go wrong within your race. 
And so the reminder is when you're within that two to three week time frame is to kind of go back to what got you started. So to remind yourself of why you signed up, of why it's important, of why it's meaningful, um, and remind yourself of those things. Yeah, and I have to say, this training cycle has been the best taper that I've ever had. And it's because I've been working on all the, the mental stuff. So, have you been, what, what specific mental things have you been doing? So, just um, like during my runs, focusing on that run and focusing lots of self talk, um, lots of I statements, uh, the positive thinking, also thinking about when it's going to suck, right? Because it's always going to suck. At some point, it's going to get hard and just leaning into that versus being surprised at like mile 20, like, oh my God, why did I sign up for this? Like, you know, it's going to be hard and just working through that and knowing, you know, that I can do it. Nice. And um, how's your sleep been during this taper? Fantastic. So really? sleep is my superpower. So oh, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You and Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, any any other questions for these guys before you, um, I mean, do you feel, so, I mean, do you ever hit a hard point during this taper, or do you feel like you're just like, bring it, I'm ready? So, well, and I think the benefit of this taper is I've been so excited and focused on the retreat. So if you guys could just do retreats every time I want to do a race, that would probably be good, too. So I've just been kind of distracted. So talking about the race today, I'm like, oh, my God, we're running this weekend. So, yeah. but it's good. good. And what are your goals for the race? To finish smiling. Finish smiling. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Awesome. Well, good luck right. on Saturday, Julie. Thank you. All right. Anne LaSalle, you are next. And you are, as you described yourself, a virgin. Uh, you did. You did. Uh, no, uh, not Immaculate Conception. No, you, that you, uh, this is going to be your first marathon. So, it is going to be my first marathon, indeed. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, so um, introduce yourself. Tell us. I am Anne LaSalle. I live in Golden, Colorado. I am originally from Wisconsin, so Woo-hoo! if you recognize <laughs> that Midwestern twang, that is accurate. I'm originally from Wisconsin. I've been living in Colorado for 10 years. I have two small-age children. I have a 4-year-old and a 20-month-old boy. Mm-hmm. So I work my runs in around their little lives, and I am a part-time oncology and bone marrow transplant nurse. So, awesome. I awesome. work it in around shift work as well. And you decided that hey, what better time to do your first marathon than during a retreat? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's come what on. I was thinking. Yeah, I thought it when you announced on the Facebook that page. I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was there was a little bit of peer pressure because you were as backstory. You were at our Spokane retreat last year, yes. and so do you feel there was a little bit of peer pressure? Like you sort of fl- seemed to me you floated the balloon, and people, oh you yeah, know, I gave mean, it air. Time you are surrounded by people who tell you you can do crazy things, you think you can do crazy things too. So. Yeah, I never really, growing up, or uh, I have friends who ran marathons in our 20s, which would have been like an opportune time to do it if I was going <laughs> to do it. Um, but I never really, I like was like, I don't want to run a marathon and I don't want to climb Mount Everest. You know, I don't need to do that. And then all of a sudden, it started kind of like percolate around. Actually, I feel like before the retreat, it kind of started to, like that inside secret idea that you don't say out loud to anybody and then at the retreat everybody was like you could totally do that I did it and then I was like well maybe if I say it out loud and and it just kept like coming around and coming around and just at different points in my life after the retreat people would be like oh I ran a marathon like it would just randomly come up and I was like you know what somebody is putting this in my path and so I thought well here we go 
So yeah. I asked a little permission around the house to see <laughs> if I could get some help so I could make this work. And thankfully, I have a super husband who was like, sure, having no idea what that would actually entail. <laughs> um, and yeah, so here I am. And how has training gone for you? Training has been fabulous. I followed... Uh, Go the Distance, written by Coach Amanda, in the Train Like a Mother Club, so shout out there. Mm-hmm. And it was an awesome plan. I really didn't, I've run a couple of halves and some shorter races, and I didn't really know, everyone always says it's harder to train for a full, and it totally is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more than, than what I expected. Um, but I, I was talking to my mom about it the other day, and I've never been like, uh, naturally gifted athlete I don't think I was never like just naturally good at sports and stuff but if you give me a task or a plan or something to check a box on I will do that task Mm -hmm. to the T Mm -hmm. ask me how many workouts I did yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she's proud. Hey, Ann, how many? If if uh, if there were a uh, hundred workouts, how many of them did you do? One hundred. Yeah. This is Dimity chiming in from Colorado uh, because um, as I was training for the Grand Canyon, I see on the Facebook page Anne did two 20 milers that were mostly downhill, which is super specific race training, and that is takes a lot of dedication. It sounds a lot easier than it really is. Yes. 3,000 feet of downhill will, over 20 miles, will make you walk downstairs sideways for several days and make you walk, like, I mean, trucking it down the hallway in the hospital and all of a sudden I'd be like, whoa, like a little hitch in my giddy up there. (laughs) Things were not firing properly in the quadricep area, but the second time around went a lot more smoothly. Uh And the nice thing about training for a marathon as a mom, I think, is you don't, like, well, the nice and the bad thing. You don't ever get to nap. So, like, after a 20-miler, you're, like, at the grocery store pushing a car cart with two kids in it, screaming, eating cookies. <laughs> so you just work out all that lactic acid. <laughs> Good recovery. Yeah. Um, and, and Anne has a kind of a, a funny um, taper story. So let's talk about your 10K. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I should say I did everything Coach Amanda said except for one thing. <laughs> um, I ran a Mother's Day 10K last weekend. And, you know, you start out, and everybody's moving kind of fast, and you feel good, and you look down at your watch, and you're like, oh, I've never seen that pace before. (laughs) And so I was like, I should slow down. And so I slowed down a little bit, and then I was like, I may never be this fit again. (laughs) (laughs) If I want to break an hour on the 10K, this is my chance. And so I had, like, that voice on this side, and then I had Coach Amanda on the other side being like, taper is a time to rest and restore, and I was like, I'm going to give it. (laughs) Um, And then I was looking at my watch, like, okay, if I do this, like, I got to go all the way. Like, I can't back off. I got to pick a pace that I feel like I can keep for six or four more miles or whatever was left in, and I did it. Nice work. In case I never am this fit again, I can say I did that. You bet your biscuits I did. (laughs) By three and a half minutes. So that felt good. And actually, I mean, with a lot of things during the taper, I just try not to get too into my own head about it. So once I did that, I was like, okay, I did it. I'm just not going to think about it anymore. And when the race comes, I'm not going to spend a lot of energy thinking about, oh, I wonder if I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, maybe I burned out my legs the other day. It's just it's in the past. And that's, I get 26 miles in the future, so <laughs> here we go. So, Dr. Justin, what do you think about that? Not, not yeah, I, on the path. this is the time to not worry. 
if you can, right? And it, it sounds like if you are going into it to enjoy it, like you are, yes. it makes that process so much easier. And yeah, as a total disclaimer, I should say that I have zero time goals. I So that, I think, obviously is a different well, horse of a different color or whatever. I mean, Justin, talk a little bit about first-time marathoner and the mentality that that person should bring, whether or not they've run a 10K or not, to the course. Because sometimes I feel like people put so much pressure on themselves that it's it makes me sad because I'm like, oh my God, you just did this amazing thing and you're, you're mad about it because you didn't meet your goal. So when you talk to a first time marathoner, what do you want them to get out of the finish line situation? Yeah, I, I think the goal is perfect, right? It's enjoy it. it. Enjoy the first time, enjoy everything there is about it and don't worry about time, right? That's the only time you're ever gonna PR a marathon, guaranteed, first time. <laughs> right? So enjoy that. Um, and you know, when we do put pressure on ourselves, when we have a time goal attached to it, that's where the anxiety is gonna build and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you have to know what you're getting yourself into when you establish your goals. And I think you've already won because you've crushed training and you've done it with two small children and a job and I think it's pretty impressive. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you. All right, and our third real mother is comes to us all the way from the UK. Uh, here comes Petra Doigood. I probably botched. I, I was trying, trying, trying. <laughs> it took me 10 years of marriage to take his name. It's so hard to pronounce. How do you say it? Do good. Do good. Well, that's yes. easy to say. Do good. Yes, which yeah. always leads to do bad. Uh-huh. But you're not going to do bad on Saturday, no, are you, no, Petra? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Miss Cool British Accent. <laughs> so I'm Petra. I have run, um, this is going to be my 15th marathon on Saturday. And I started off as an overweight, looking back, probably slightly depressed mother of two small children, you know, trying to do something about feeling fat and not having a job and, you know, everything else. And I still, I was telling um, Barbara, who I've been traveling with, about, um, I think it took me three months to be able to run a mile without stopping. So, and that was, you know, for someone who's not athletic, I was pretty impressed with myself. So... You know, for anyone who thinks I couldn't run a marathon, trust me. <laughs> you can run 15, you can do an Ironman, you can do anything you like. Because I've done it and, you know, I couldn't do it. So, Do you have a memory of your best taper? Or actually, let's start with the worst taper. Those are more uh, fun I think stories. My, uh, yeah, my, my, well, this has been an interesting, my first marathon, I vividly remember being convinced I had shingles. And um, so I just remember like standing in front of the mirror and trying to see my back because I was like, I'm sure I have shingles on my back. And my husband's like, and it was New York, so I flew there as well. So that's a bit of a pattern. And I said to my husband, I think I should get one of those face masks and wear gloves on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, no, you're not if you're sitting next to me. (laughs) um, And how has this this round gone? I mean, because obviously you're... um Factoring in international travel, which is not ever it's easy. N- no, You're probably better no, no. at it than most of us just because you do it more often. But No, I mean, I think um, it's been a very different very uh, training. So I have not done 100 out of the 100. Well, wait, wait, what's your number? Just because we've got to compare. Come 80? on, Patrick. 80? 80? All right. Yeah, that's still okay. a B minus. And you know what? It, another mother runner. Yeah, that's fine. Good enough. Good enough, yeah. It's always good yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. And that best, is good best, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best is the only great. good. Yes, absolutely. Um, just because at the moment I'm going through some big changes in my life and actually training 
is what keeps me sane. You know, looking at a plan, doing it is what keeps me sane. And the race is just going to be a celebration of a new phase of my life. So as far as I've been concerned, days where I've been too tired or too stressed out, I've had too many really exciting other things going on, I've thought, that's fine. I can, I'll still get around this marathon. I'm not looking to BQ. It's at altitude and I live at sea level. It's in Utah and I live in the UK. So if I was really serious about it, I'd probably have done a different race if I wanted to run for a time. But I've had an amazing taper. I've, I went, um, was it abseiling? What do you call it? When you went down, we went down a cliff in Moab yesterday. Yeah, rappelling 100, meet, 100 feet down a cliff yesterday. And we, we were gorge, gorge jumping and whatever they call it, bridging between gorges and all sorts of crazy things yesterday in Moab. We were mountain biking. So it's probably a terrible taper, but it's I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall rappelling being on uh, the last week of the taper. <laughs> But I tell you what, a marathon doesn't feel so scary when you've jumped down a cliff. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so Justin, what do you do? I mean, Petra obviously is coming in with a super good attitude, but what do you do when you come in and maybe you haven't run 15 marathons? Maybe this is your second or third, and it could be a half marathon or marathon, a longer race, and you know that the training hasn't been ideal. How do you stand at the starting line and still affirm that you're going to have a good race? Well, yeah, I think then you have to make a decision. You have to either choose to go down chasing your time goal knowing that if the training isn't there, that may not happen, and then there may be a lot of frustration for you at the end. Or you come back to this, which is just have fun. Yeah. Right? I think we forget a lot about that, that most of us are running for enjoyment and you know, to get some meaning out of being out there and celebrate the community that we're a part of. And so I think if you could shift your goals back there, if you know the training hasn't gone well, it always tends to uh, be a better outcome for people. Okay, just playing devil's advocate, I think it's really easy to say my goal is to have fun. And then when you look at the finishing time and you say that was 45 minutes slower than I was anticipating going, that was, and then all of a sudden that's not fun anymore. Actually, I, I think I have a solution to this. So okay. in my head, I have a slightly ambitious goal and I know it's ambitious and I know that there's mm, 60% chance the wheels are going to come off, but I'm thinking I'm just going to do it and I'm going to see how far I get. And then after that, I'm fine because then I think, well, I've done what I could and obviously it wasn't there because I didn't do all the work. So then I'll just run it in and be like, oh, well. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. All right. See, that, I, that's a cool thought, too, right? Is just, I'm going to see, yeah. I'm going to test my limits today. Yep. Knowing that I didn't do the work, yeah. I probably should have. And let's yep. just see what happens. And yep. if I blow up, I blow up. Exactly. But then and I, I know. Yes. But then at least I don't cross the finish line thinking, oh, I wonder if I could have pushed a bit harder. Maybe I could have done a bit better. I'll know where the ship ends. And it's probably before the finish line. But. <laughs> where the Titanic Yeah, that's sinks. where it's going to sink. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so, is that, so that's one strategy, is just to go for it. And maybe you have, you know, a Bob Barker, Price is Right kind of day, and you have that time. What, what are, is that the best strategy? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a best strategy. I think everybody has to make that decision for themselves. Okay. I, I do like that idea of testing limits mm. and going into it just saying, I'm going to see what I've got today, knowing that if I blow up, all right, the last 10 miles might be a walk, and yep. it might hurt, but yep. all right, I'm going to do that. Yep. Um, it is easier to say, I'm just going to have fun but it's really hard to wrap your head around actually doing that and actually being okay with that. So one of the things that we, t um, like I talk about a little bit is having, or a lot of us talk about, I should say, is like having goals, like whether it's taking a selfie every mile or encouraging other people or passing, see if you can pass 100 people between the starting line and the finish line or whatever it is. I mean, so you can have some kind of victory that day where even if it's not the victory on the time and the clock, you feel like you got something out of it. I mean, what do you think of that? Yes, yeah, find a way to celebrate the day, yeah. right? However that works for you, whether that's taking selfies or dedicating a mile per person in your life or 
uh, enjoying the scenery, whatever it is, there's always a way to celebrate a race like this. Especially when it sounds like for Petra, it's a, at a meaningful time in your life. So yeah, exactly. there's a lot of connection. And I would you. say another thing I really like to do is when you get low, you go inside your head, get out of your own head, you know, engage with spectators, engage with the person running next to you who looks like I'm always grabbing walkers by the hand and going, come on, you know, you can do this. And just like send your energy outwards because all those inward, that horrible self-talk, that's just, that's not going to help you whatever stage you're at. So just send it out, you know, engage the spectators, comment on the signs, you know, have fun. I agree. Justin, give us, give, us yeah. your, uh, give us your headlight. Your, your brain is a, is a headlight focus. Your brain is a headlight? Isn't that? Your brain? Oh, your brain is a spotlight. Oh, spotlight, <laughs> sorry. Headlight. Sure, let's go with that. I got it. It was a compound noun. <laughs> I just was just one lot word off. But talk a little bit about I love that. I mean, I've, I called that up in, at Flying Pig because I think it's so helpful. So can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, Petra's talking about it right here, right? The, the idea that if you think about your mind like a spotlight, that whatever you shine it on, you're going to get more of. So if you're shining it inward and it's negative, you're just going to get more negative inward self-talk. Um, if you shine it on positive self-talk, you're going to get more of that. The reminder is that you, all of us have the ability to shift the spotlight. We can shift it into thoughts. We could shift it out to the environment. And it's learning how to do that process. So shifting it out into the world, shifting it out into the community, shifting it out into the spectators or other participants helps you get out of your own head and you can focus mm -hmm. on something else. And the truth is, no matter how fast you're running or what your goals are, being able to do that in a racing situation or in any kind of training situation is really helpful. Well, that also goes for the taper, right? I'm just thinking, like, if you're sitting around and feeling phantom pains and feeling lethargic, all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to go read a book. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do something else, right? Yeah, if you, we talk a lot about doubt today in, in one of the sessions. And if you shine it on doubt, you're going to get a lot of doubt. If you shine it on anxiety, you're going to get more anxiety. And it's not that those experiences aren't going to be there. You can't just magically remove them. It's about noticing when they come up and then being able to shift your focus around them to other things. All right. So, so what we're looking for, what, six-minute splits for the first 16 miles? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And then about right. sort of 20, 22. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. That. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Petra. Thanks Thank for you. sharing your experience. All right, so, so for people who are in the audience or listening who have a race coming up, are there tips that you'd like to give that we haven't touched on with the three mothers that we talked to? I, I would like to add in that I think um, as you're coming into this final week and, and approaching your race day, um, take a good look at your training and have a, a really good, honest chat with yourself and understand how things went. And, and if they weren't ideal, that maybe this is not the time to go for that PR, but kind of come to peace with that and, and come up with a different goal that you can be happy with. Um, conversely, if things have gone really well, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I think Julian and you guys and Petra, I mean, you all, all three of you are very honest with how things have gone for you. And, and, and so like you ladies who are feeling really good going into this, you know, I, I think you go for it, you know, and, and, and Petra's being honest with where she is. And I think that's great. And it's setting, all of you are setting yourselves up for good experiences, I think. Yeah, I, the taper is a time of reflection, for mm -hmm. sure. And it's reflecting back on the training cycle. It's reflecting forward on what you're about to do. And if you could bring some gratitude into the taper, it can be really helpful. So gratitude for having the opportunity to train and to get through bumps in the road and to have a body that allows you to, to do this, right? To be grateful for your family, for your support system that provides some of the roundabout for this to 
hang out with the kids, to make sure that things are going okay at work, to carve out the time and the energy to devote to this. Because it's not just you that got you here. It's your family. It's your support system. It's a huge amount of work for a lot of people to make this happen. So the more gratitude you can weave into the reflection period, um, the, the better it feels. It takes away the edge of the anxiety and the doubt that may creep up for people. Mm-hmm. 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 How about, Alex, what do you think about taking a few questions from the audience in case? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. <laughs> Wait, does anyone have any questions and we can do um, I mean it can be about the taper it can be about training it can you know it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly about the two weeks before a race yep um, hi my name is Kimberly um, I've done a few marathons and I guess what the two of you just said was really um, and Petra as well really resonated with me and that's being very honest with your training and assessing that before you go into it but what do you do when you think you've done that but yet the first few miles of the race, it's coming together. It feels really good. But you know you really haven't put in the time. And then the race starts to fall apart on you. And you kind of let go of those overly optimistic goals you had. What kind of, you know, how, how can you self-talk your way out of that or, or get through it? And it happened to me last year at Boston, exactly. I, I mean, I fell apart at mile 10. And I literally walked every single water stop. And I kept run the mile you're in in my mind but I really was struggling for some mental coping strategies so I was just wondering if you had any ideas on that thanks how uh how far before mile 10 did you know it was going to be a problem at mile honestly like my first eight miles I was it's Boston you're downhill it's you're clipping through and I did not have a great training cycle but I thought oh I have enough base you know I had a really good marathon season the the season before and I I thought I'd be able to do it and I didn't I knew I, I really bottomed out and it's happened a few races actually where I think I've got enough to go on but I don't so it's kind of humbling um, and that I think I have to regroup but I think when I'm in that moment there you know you just hate running you know you've lost your joy for it and so yeah and it's it's easy to get excited at the beginning of a race especially a big race and you can run on the energy of the crowd and then 10 miles in it, it falls apart So I think part of it is maybe checking yourself at the start of the race and just Mm -hmm. committing to a plan, Mm -hmm. saying, okay, I need to get to mile 10 before I even think about pushing it or seeing if something is there, and just really holding yourself accountable to that. Mm -hmm. Because we we could talk ourselves into all kinds of silliness Mm -hmm. at the beginning of a race, and we go out way too fast, and it blows up. Yeah, Or when it's hot. You know that everyone says, adjust your pace, adjust your pace, but you're like, oh, it's not that bad. I can do it. And then it hits you and then it's kind of too late because you've gone too fast. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all. Uh, This was great fun. And Dim, you're probably not going to do a train like a mother club corner right here on the spot. Well, I will say though, I got to say, because you just texted us some awesome pictures. Um, I'm super excited. We are all super excited to let people know that um, Chrysler is sponsoring all of our race plans from now until the end of December, yep. right? And so that means in your swag bag, you get a limited edition, another Mother Runner keychain. And um, it's, it sounds, you know, you're like, oh, great. But it's really, it's super cute, super cool. And I um, mean, I'm excited to put it on my keys. And so, yep. and people have been talking about it. Um, in the emails that we've been getting so far, they've been excited about seat. Oh, ridiculously excited is the, is the term that I could, you know, pull if I was pulling a pull quote. So, um, so if you are, if you've registered for a challenge after May, fir- May 1st or beyond, you'll be getting that keychain. Um, and then, like I said, it's definitely going to go through the end of December. So um, it's the race plans. 
it's, a t it's all the traditional race plans that Coach Amanda does, and then the heart rate race plans that Coach MK does. So right. look for that, and zoom, zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. And the uh, stride into summer, is that registration still open? Oh, we've started, Sarah. We're oh, striding. Started. Oh, we're, we're striding. striding. All right, okay. Because they, they get noon uh, wristbands. They get noon wristbands. Yeah, that's, that's presented by noon. That started on Monday. Okay. And um, just to, you know, bring everything full circle, I made, every, I made everybody do um, bear crawls. Uh, on I the have, first Tuesday. Can I tell you how many bear crawls I've been doing since your comment on the... On the awesome. Yeah. yeah We're yeah. going to be doing them tomorrow morning if anybody wants to join us in the strength training. They are very fun. Um, so, yeah. So, no, I, just, I, just, I love the stride programs. They're just really fun and really good energy. And as other retreats, the other thing I wanted to say about Petra is, you know, her just going for her six-minute miles. The good news is that, you know, you make it to mile 23 and a half and you blow the wheels come off the bus. It's okay. You're going to be surrounded by badass mother runners also coming in to the finish line. And that's what's so great about these retreats is that all of a sudden you're coming across the finish line with five best new friends. And that's so cool. Those darn relay bammers that are coming through, too. <laughs> the, the darn relay yeah, bammers. No, the that. They're, they're going to blow by you, Petra, but everyone else will hang with you, so... All right. Well, uh, this podcast was recorded in Ogden, Utah, uh, produced by Alex Ward of Sounds Like Pictures, and many happy miles. Many happy miles. Thank you.